You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. Hey, Don Harkey here from People-Centric. I just got I just got back from Arizona. Arizona in January. Matt, are you jealous? I was in Arizona just now. I would be jealous, but you and I are going to Des Moines in January next week. And I thought, why would I want to have a few days of 60 and then back to 20 degrees? Instead, just maintain consistency here in Missouri. It's not going to be that big of a deal to me to walk off the plane in Iowa for you. For you, my fair weather friend, it's going to be like uh, the cool runnings when the Jamaican bobsledders try to go outside for the first time. <laughs> and I'm going to have to coax you into an Uber so we can get get on with it. It's true. I'll be like, can you pull up closer to the door? Pull up closer to the door so I can run into there. It lulled you into a false sense of uh, a false sense of reality of where it, we are. It probably did a little bit, although it was kind. Of, it was oddly cold in Phoenix. Like it was, it got down in the 20s uh, while I was there. Um, so just oh. that, that was kind of interesting, but yes, it's going to be a little colder in Iowa when we're there, but we love all the places that we get to go. But there was, we were out there working with the team as we often do. And they were doing some strategic planning. We were doing a bit of a retreat. We had some leadership stuff. It was a fun, we spent a good three days together and loved the team out there. You know who you are. If you're listening to that shout out to our friends of January spring out there, uh, which is, which is a great company. But uh, one of the things we were talking a little bit about uh, just during one of the breaks with some of their team was they were talking about how the employers have benefits and do all these things for the employees and the traditional benefits. You know, we've talked about this in the past. They've become pretty normal. You know, you know, when we go to speak at conferences, we'll share and say, hey, uh, how many of you have a 401k plan? Everybody raises their hand. Like it's a pretty standard, some standard things that are out there that the employers are doing. But more and more, and I don't know if it's the if it's the world today or what's going on, but employees are expecting more or or needing more is maybe the way to look at it. And the question was like, okay, so if an employee is dealing with a mental health issue, does the employer have a responsibility of responding to that? Or if the employee is trying to buy a house for the first time, or if the employee just lost their pet, or if the employee is doing something, you know, something something that hits the employee or employee. Does the employer have a responsibility to respond? And 30 years ago, probably the answer would be no. Like, no, no, no. The employer, this is work. Leave your home stuff at home and come and do your work stuff at work and then go back home. And a lot of you are listening to this saying, amen, Don, that's the way that it should be. But then we look at things like the engagement numbers from Gallup. And we see that they haven't really crept up. We know more about engagement. Now, we see our clients' engagement numbers go up. I will say that very proudly. We've been engaging... We've been watching engagement numbers with our clients. We, a lot of times we'll measure them when we start and then we'll measure them when we go up and they pretty consistently, they go up. So we know how to change engagement, but we as a country, as like a society have not increased engagement numbers. And some of that might be coming from an article that Diana shared, Diana is with us here, uh, that that was shared by Shep, uh, Shep Heipkin. Um, did I get the name right? I'm sorry, I might have screwed that up, but. I don't know, but it, it's a great article regardless. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. And we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes here, yeah. but uh, it's, it's an article that talks about the, uh, 
employees hierarchy of needs and it goes back to like maslow's hierarchy of needs uh but i mean diana what struck you reading that article like what what made you post that one here as a topic for us uh i think i think because it's a little controversial i like i like posting things that stir the pot a little bit um but also because i i liked that it was sort of it was sort of putting the humanity back into human resources right we i, I like that concept um, I think, I think I feel like employers need to do more for their employees, but there's also this, like, I don't know what to do. There's no standard thing. There's no baseline of understanding. So I, I thought that was a cool, cool frame of reference to just get the conversation started. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you looked at it as a human resource. We have lots of human resource friends. So shout out to all of our HR friends for, and, and sorry for what I'm about to say, but I think if you ask the average employee, like, what do you think of when you think of HR? They don't always think of, oh, they're the kind of people that help you with things and they put you in the right direction. Now we know lots of that of our friends who do fill that role and help folks, but yeah, I, we see a lot of that in business right now where people try to keep the humanity out of business because they see no, that's business. This is, this, it's not business, it's personal, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I think that we're hurting, we're hurting ourselves. We think there's an opportunity there that sometimes as a manager, maybe it would be worth just taking a few minutes to listen to an employee who's struggling with something. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean coddle them or anything. So but it just means just showing some kindness, showing a moment of empathy, you know, being vulnerable for a second to share something. So is there an opportunity there for us to improve engagement? Yeah, I was thinking about how us as a small team, we're all super kind to each other. Most part. <laughs> for the most part, we'll jump on you and and make your weaknesses our our laughing grounds. But it doesn't matter. Um we, we really enjoy each other. But I was thinking about this time. Uh, it was, I don't know, probably eight years ago. One of our employees came in and was like, oh my gosh, I have a flat tire. And Don, the CEO of the company, went out and was like, well, let's show you how to check the air on your tires. Let's show you how to change a tire. Let's do, you know, like you did the dad thing. And you just went out there and you were like, here's what you do. Um, and I... I at the time I was like, that's crazy. Like you have way too much to do to be going out there and fiddling with this employee's car. But looking back now, I'm like, no, that was a, that was probably a really good moment in that employee's life to make her feel cared for and loved and supported and helped. And I don't know. I, I think that was a cool moment to just sort of show to the team, like, I'm not too busy for you. Also, it was Bethany Bishop. I'm just going to name her. It was Bethany Bishop. Yeah. You know who we're talking about here. And I and Bethany, I think she listens to the podcast. So she knows who we're talking about. It's all cool, right? She, yeah. Candidly, I'm kind of surprised Bethany didn't know how to do that. She was, she, she was raised on a farm. Like she's a farm, she's a country girl. I'm surprised she didn't uh, know how to change a tire anyway. And, she's you know, we know her parents. Though. She's the yeah. baby of a lot of kids. So I feel like, you know, she probably. <laughs> Probably didn't have to, you know. Hold her own in a fist fight, but change her own tire. Mm, there you go. Yeah, you <laughs> could hold her own in a fist fight. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this conversation is interesting for a couple of different reasons, because one, uh, you can almost see the nonverbals of the participants right now of, the, of you listeners right now. If you're a manager of people or a business owner, you're like, oh, yeah, I know I have to do it. Don't get don't get let's not be confused. It's not because I want to do it. I have to do it, especially uh, because, you know, I can hear these old the older generation almost going because they've changed. Now they're expecting things. These younger generation, you know, this younger generation is expecting things diana and i we didn't you know we said we didn't talk a whole lot this week but we did share a funny uh, a funny video through social media and one of the the video through social media was talking about like gen zers uh, in the workplace but one of them uh it was like a manager giving feedback to the gen z employee and how uh she goes uh the two hour you have a two hour block uh it seems like every day there's a two hour block on your calendar of like finding my own peace uh block i'm just a little bit confused about how that actually correlates to our objectives and goals <laughs> and it is one of those things and that made me laugh because it is one of those things of like you can you know some people are like oh my gosh like what how much more bending and folding do i need to do to be able to to um to 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 feel they that so they then feel valued and, and engaged um on the other on the other end of that though there are some things that have changed uh maybe even in the workplace too i can think of something that sticks out in my mind uh where this kind of goes both ways um used to remember when you used to sign up uh to be to work for you if i would have gone to don work for you 20 years ago then there would have probably been uh you know at least at a certain size organization but there would have been like a, a medical plan a dental plan you know you signed it and you you just signed the paper there was no shopping that around like they, you just i got i got to work at that place because they offered medical they offered dental they maybe even offered a little life insurance like this is great i'll just sign there you didn't ask questions you didn't know where it was going through or it was like through this network or this network and you didn't get to choose like this we use this network this is where it is uh now even us uh even us now it's like yeah we do offer insurance nope we don't do it go find it and then tell us what you find right now here's a guy you can call doesn't work for us but go find it. I mean, I think that's an example of one of the additional responsibilities that's maybe put on employees now as they're coming to the workplace. You know, we're, we're saying, are we, am I your employer or your parent? Well, sometimes you're acting at your, 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 you're kind of acting as not a, not an employer of old. You're saying, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll honor uh, a, a, a medical insurance, but you got to go find it. Like Godspeed, make sure you do it in time too. Just let me know where you land. Uh, and we're, you're completely out of it, right? All of that now falls on, on us and we make our own decisions and now there's cost and so many different factors to it. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you too, I think where this changed is because one employer did it because one employer did it. And then that made another employer do it. And then that made another employer do it. And now, now the employees are going, Hmm, the, the, the level of employers that are conceding points and doing things and acting differently than others is growing. So now, now this produces in the life of the employee choices. I can go work for you or I can go to these, this, there's a handful of other employees or employers that are, you know what they give nap times to people during the day and they pay you for nap time. Like, where's that at? I, do you do that? Like, no. Okay. I'll go here. Like that's that free market society, <laughs> free market society thing, right? You don't have to do it, but somebody did it. And now it's kind of pushing the envelope and now other people are like, Oh crud. Now what do I have to do to match that point? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's certainly become more competitive in the market. So like if you're trying to compete for talent, you can think, should I have to do offer nap time at work? You know, but the truth is, is if your competitor is and the employees really, really want that, then yeah, you might have to start thinking about that. 
Uh, I think the problem right now that I see uh, is that the mindset of some employers is falling towards, I'm going to hate the new generation coming into the workforce because of the way that this has changed. I'm going to throw them under the bus. I'm going to say Gen Zs and millennials are awful. They're the worst. I can't wait till another generation comes and changes that. And then you don't make adjustments. All you do is you complain about the situation that you're in. Um, that's just not very healthy. And ironically, it's a little bit funny because I, I hear that and it's like they're complaining about the whining. They're whining about whining people. I'm, I'm a, I had not thought about it that way, but that's so true. It's so true. They're whining about work and that they have to show up for five days a week. And the people are like, oh, my gosh, you got to work 40 hours. Who wants to work 40 hours a week? It's awful. They're whining about this. And I'm sitting listening to them. And I'm like, you're whining about them complaining about 40 hours a week. Um, it's changed so much in terms of the workplace and what's out there. And like, Matt, the specific example you brought up, like some of that's because we're a small company in the current healthcare market, which is changing constantly all the time. Diana has to work really hard to keep up with all that stuff because legislation is changing. It's completely infiltrated by insurance companies and things like that. So some of that is that. Some of that is, you know, I, this team that I work with in Arizona, they've got several really young people that are working there. But we did a little demonstration on like how to use AI in the workplace. And it's something that I've been a little bit slower adopter on. I'm not against it. We've talked a little bit about it, but I'm starting to learn a little bit more about it. And man, like we started going down the road and some of those some of those, I'll call them kids, some of the younger people that work there absolutely like crushed how to use it and had really cool ideas of how to use it. And they were doing it really, really fast. So like maybe 30 years ago when somebody came into a job, yeah, maybe they didn't expect the naps. Maybe they didn't expect all that stuff. But when they show up and they can build complex models for you and make a process that used to take hours into five minutes for you, those kind of things, they're bringing some of those skill sets to the table. It might behoove you to listen for a minute and not just whine and complain about what it is that they're doing. I did a I did a webinar yesterday for uh, a virtual webinar for virtual employees that were literally all over Latin America. I mean, talk about technology, talk about what what didn't happen, you know, 20 years ago, maybe is is I mean, that didn't happen. And it was awesome. It was awesome. But one of the participants, the first participant that hopped in to the webinar, AI. It was somebody that AI they, that they had triggered this AI thing. They had asked this AI bot, I guess, to jump in first and to capture all the notes for them from this webinar thing that's about to happen. And I don't know. I'm not there yet mentally. I'm like, this is weird. This is this is pretty soon. Here's my thing. Pretty soon, you're not going to know what's real or not. And I have a real problem with that too. I want to know what's genuine and not genuine. I think we're going. I think that's going to be a hard. That's going to be a hard thing for me personally with that. But that was the first thing that was there. Can I see the benefit of that? <clears throat> I think I can see the benefit of that. Uh, if I'm that person that doesn't, you know, the, the, it's ease, right? I'm not to. I'm trying, not trying to imply that they're lazy. I'm just saying it's the ease of you could go on and take notes or whatever, or, or you know, actually be there or i could just let ai do it put it into an outline for me and and then you know i get to show up later and like oh that was handy uh can i see the benefit of that yeah but <clears throat> again that's kind of the direction that's kind of the direction where things are are going i think you know at the end of the day you kind of have two choices right like i i don't know that ever i don't know that everybody loves everything that's probably not true i don't think everybody loves everything i think we all have kind of personal preferences of this is what i want this is the environment that I choose to be in. This is the type of employer that I want to work for. Or maybe I don't 
want an employer at all, right? You're seeing more and more of that too. Maybe this is the type of work I want to do and I want to do it on my own. Uh, and you, more and more that's becoming reality for uh, for people too. So I, I, I don't know if you're like, let's just pause and stop stop moving and growing that's not an option either um we have to we have to be able to choose how we want to ebb and flow with the system that's ebbing and flowing yeah and i, I to your point i think if we stopped and thought about how much has changed in the last i don't know let's say 30 years how much has changed in the last 30 years it's everything that everything has changed in the last 30 years there's cell phones in pockets there's laptop computers everywhere there's social media, there is, um, you know, this healthcare mess, it, it, everything has changed. There's not a single system that has not been infiltrated and changed and, and made different. And my thing is that it's changed so much that we now as employers also have to change because I feel like 30 years ago, parents did help you learn how to be an adult. Well, now both your parents are working and they're exhausted and they're, answering calls at night, just like everybody else's. And they don't have time to teach you all of the things. Also, the things that they learned are now antiquated. It doesn't, it doesn't translate anymore. Um, there used to be like teachers who were not overworked and exhausted and could teach you these things. That's not happening anymore. They're underpaid. They're overworked. They're exhausted. It, it's, it's just a different system. So I think that because things have changed so quickly, it is sort of up to the employers to say, employee, what do you guys need to be successful? What do you need in life, in work, in goals, in help? Like, what do you need from us? And I don't think I would have said that even 10 years ago, but I am definitely saying it now. You know, there's a saying that's as old as the ages of you reap what you sow. And so if you're an employer, if you're an employer listening to this, you're going, I don't want to do that. And we're not saying you have to, you don't have to. Um, but you reap what you sow, right? What What are some of the things, if I don't do this, this is maybe just a conversation that you should have with yourself. If I choose not to be, quote unquote, the parent to the employees, um, then what does that look like? Maybe just answer that for yourself or build a little flow chart. If I choose not to do this, what potentially could happen if I don't do that? And then you reap what you sow. Ever, ever you, you, you made your bed. Whatever, whatever one of those ones that you want to say uh, there. But each, each uh, action has a consequence, right? And so I can choose to do that, or I can choose not to do that. And hey, this is me. Also, I'm not saying, yeah. So you should just fold and do everything they want. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that either, right? You need a standard and a brand for what it is that you're trying to represent as an organization. You need a standard and a brand for the types of people that you're trying to attract to your product. Um, as well, right? The thing that you are doing, this thing that you are doing, you 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 need a standard or, a, or an idea of the type of person that you want to attract to that. And it's not everybody, right? There, that maybe that's selective on both sides, but you reap what you sow. And so maybe give that a little bit of a little bit of thought too. Yeah, the word you used the word earlier, Matt, genuine of being genuine. And so, like, let's let's take it back to the just the people side of things. And like, what's the fundamental? What do we know about people, and how does that help us to direct how we should react to all of this? What we do know about people is that they will are a lot more likely to be engaged with you if you are engaged with them. Like engagement is a two-way street. It's not, you don't teach your employees to become engaged. You earn it, you earn it, and you earn it by caring for them. And it has to be some, it has to be authentic caring. Like don't fake it. Like you have to be, 
it's also about being genuine. It's about having conversations with them. It's about, it's about forming those relationships. And if that relationship is going out to their car and helping them to figure out how to do a flat tire or connecting them with a mental health resource or helping them to buy insurance or whatever that is, you have an opportunity to show your employees that you do care and that will reap a reward, as you said, Matt. Um, I think the trap that I see a lot of managers falling into is you sit back and you think I shouldn't have to do that. And so I won't. And then if you don't, it is like hitting a wall. It's almost like the opposite happens. It shows your employee like, well, I don't care. That's not up to me. I don't care. This is just a job. Um, we see that happen sometimes in terms of, we've, we've been talking a lot about benefits, but we also see this in terms of management by policies. We'll see uh, managers who like to have the idea of the, I mean, the employee, employee manual, which we are also in favor of, by the way, you have an employee manual, but we think employee manuals are oftentimes too thick. It's like you've created this series of laws and like I have to follow these laws in order to follow the employee. Like, okay, you missed three and a half days of work, you know, because you're, you know, something happened to you and it, but it wasn't your immediate relative. It was your aunt. It wasn't your grandmother. So you only get one day off if it was your, your aunt where you would have gotten more if it was your grandmother. Forget the fact that your aunt raised you since you were two years old. It's like those kinds of things. Like we hear that stuff run into Your that. grandma has died six times since you've worked here. How many, how many grandmas do you have? How many grandmas do you have? You're teaching them to cheat the system. <laughs> yeah, Diana has for all of our team, all of their family members, and she X's them out as they, yeah, that's all. That was pretty dark, but yeah. Yeah, I do. Just to make sure that it's all tracked. But yeah, and so then you 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 manage through these policies and like, well, I would like to help you. And I think sometimes we hide behind that. Like, I would help you, but we have this policy, we can't do that. And then there's a lack of flexibility. And then it shows it, it shows a lack of care to the employees. And I think we see things, little things like that. And it's like, yeah, should you be able to follow a policy? Should that person be coming to you asking you for help on their flat tire? Should that all that should be happening? And it's like, get past all that. Get past all that. Get to the point of like, what's actually going to help you? You know, what's going to actually help you and your team at the end of the day? And at the end of the day, a lot of times, it's just to swallow your pride for a second and just lean in. Be a human. Help the person. Show some kindness. Um, you know, like like you said before, like maybe it's the parents aren't teaching all that kind of stuff. I actually think, you know, I've got two kids that are, you know, one's 17, one's 21. I think that a lot of it is not just that we're not teaching them. I think they have access to information that we never had. I think brains are full. Like, I think they're just, they're just absorbing more things. Like, like I look at my daughter and she like wants to learn about something. She just dives super deep into it. And it's stuff that like, like I had a set of encyclopedias. Like, that's how old I am. Like, I had the World Book Encyclopedia set. And if I wanted to learn more about World War II, I would go pull out the article and flip through the two or three pages of World War II and try to learn as much as I could about that. Today, if you want to learn about World War II, man, you can jump into documentaries. You can go onto YouTube. You can pull up article after article after article. You can do research. You can go through archive footage. You can watch videos and all the different things. And like my kids just drink that stuff up. If they're interested in it, they just dive really, really deep into it. So it's not that surprising that, you know, I have taught both my kids how to change a tire, but it's not, wouldn't be terribly surprising to me if that happened and they didn't panic for a moment and not be sure how to change it. And by the way, like, I like that story that you shared too, because I didn't go out and change Bethany's tire. I went out with her and said like, here's what, let's talk, let's talk through this. And, and I Bethany never asked you to do that. Bethany just came in and was like, bah, I'm having a bad day. Tire, I'm just having a bad day. Let's just go outside. Like, like, let me just show a little support. 
and a little humanity. I mean, we all need that, you know, if it's, if it's buying insurance, like Matt knows, like, you know, you talk about like you're on your own like that, but Matt also knows that he's got Diana's number and he's going to call her and be like, Hey, we're stuck between this and this, and we're hearing this and this. He knows that we've got his back uh, towards that. And then uh, as a flip side of that, I know he's got our back. Like we all work together. Like it becomes that, how you create that culture. Sometimes it's just being nice to each other. Sometimes we overthink it. Like let's policy it out or should I have to do that? And I think just, just be nice. Just be yeah. Nice. I, I also have Rianne, my wife, and she does all that. So I just hand it to her and Hey, if you have any questions, Rianne, talk to Diana, uh, <laughs> work that out for you. But you know, it, I, I can hear, I, I think this is maybe important to say too. And you were just alluding to it. You were talking about culture and what this looks like. Um, I can hear employers, excuse me, I can hear employers going, man, I don't have enough hours in the day to be able to do my job and then go change a tire at the same time. You know, not that, not because I don't want to, I'm with you, Don, I'm with you. I want to, gosh, I wish I could spend, I don't know what Don does all day, but I wish I could spend my time in the parking lot with my employee, you know, changing a tire and giving dad advice, you know, I don't have time. And it, it made me kind of think about, you know, well then let's, how do I build that within the teams that I also support? You know, how often have we, you know, nothing work-related. Diana, how often have you been like, hey, what's the name of that electrician? I have something at the house I need help with. Oh, yeah, this guy. You know, we we do this. We do that quite a bit. Hey, does anybody know somebody like in this in, in this realm? I'm, you know, I need this. It has nothing to do with work. I need a fence built at the house. Does anybody know who can do that around here? And it's not that we're going to Don all the time to to do that, but we might throw it out. And, and from peer to peer, we're answering those types of questions um, frequently too. But that doesn't just... That doesn't just naturally happen either. You kind of build that within a team as well. And so if you're going, gosh, I wish I could do all those things, but I can't, we're not saying that you personally necessarily have to, but you could build that that kind of uh, culture or mentality within the teams that you're supporting too at work. And now you have a bunch of people helping a bunch of people. It's not just on you. And the way you do that, I think, is when you go into the office, like I'll, I'll catch myself every once in a while, like I'll go in, in the morning and you're driving to work and you start to think about the stuff that you need to do. And you think, oh, I got to get this proposal out. I got to get this presentation ready. I got to answer these emails. I got to do all these things. And then you go to sit down and work on that. And a lot of times I'll be sitting down in the office and then, you know, Stephanie will walk in or Philip will walk in and they'll walk by. And it's really easy to be like, and sometimes you have to, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I got to get this out or whatever. And you can't do those things. And it's easy to not say hi. And it's easy to get into that habit of like, no, 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 this is my focus time. This is what I'm going to work on, all of that kind of thing. But then I catch myself. And what I tell myself internally is it's like, this is actually the moment when I'm doing my most important job. The checking the emails, the writing the proposals, those other things are a side. That's, those are all important things. But the most important job that I have is to work with our team and build relationships on our team and support our team. That is the most important. The day where I was changing my tire did not pull me away from my work. That was the opportunity to do my work better. And like Matt, you said, when that fosters that culture, that doesn't add more work to me. You all don't call me when you have a flat tire. You don't call me when you need to build a fence. You guys don't do that. What it does is it shares like, hey, if I'm willing to do that, if Diana's willing to do that, if Matt's willing to do that, then every, I mean, everybody else on our team is willing to do that. And it creates that network of support. And then you're part of this community and then they're all part of it. Like it, like it feeds to it. It's not, I'm not telling you like, okay, just quit everything else that you're doing and do nothing but coddle your people. And by the way, I'm not saying coddle. It's not coddling. It's not coddling. If your person's coming to you and they have a standing appointment every morning for three hours to sit down and talk to you about all of the problems that they've had in their life, you're coddling them. That's too much. You, but you can, then you're going to have to give them more help, like help them more in other places, like send them, refer them to a counselor. Like you need some additional support. 
that I can't give you. But I think a little bit of humanity mixed into the workplace is a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. This reminds me of team client community. Yeah. Right. Team client community. <clears throat> How our motivation is to take care of our team first. And, and this is also a good jumping off point, maybe for some of you that are going, well, how do I even pulse check this to see if my people are invested or not? Like, how do I how do I find out where we are? then maybe you feel it. Maybe it's, maybe you feel like you're not in a, not in a good place or your numbers show you're not in a good place. Like, how do I, how does one start? And I'll throw this back to you guys. How does one start to kind of pulse check where I am and then maybe try to build this thing that you're talking about? Yeah. And just to explain the team client community thing, when, uh, when at, at some point in our history, I went to our team and I recognized, boy, we are so focused on the clients. And what I did was I challenged the team and I said, let's prioritize what our, let's, let's make sure we know what our priorities are. And I said, it's got to be team client community. It's going to be about us first. And if you're a client listening to this, I'm sorry, but I probably told you this before. It is going to be about us first. We're going to come first. And the reason we're going to come first is because this is, this is, this is my team. These are my people right here. Um, now, if we take care of each other, then that will also take care of you as a client. And if we do that, then that will also take care of the community as a whole. But it's got to be in that priority. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of it. I think a lot of it's how you spend your time. If you spend your time all the time just doing the emails, doing the work, and you don't have time and you don't have space in your schedule at all for any of those conversations, I think you're missing something. That's why we talk about at least have check-ins, right? At least have a place where you can have those conversations. So you can set the tone of like, hey, we need to talk. We can talk. It's okay. And then not have a super tight agenda for those things. Um, I think that's- Don, this, that's, you know, and I just wanted to jump in real quick. No, no big deal. But you just got back from that retreat in Phoenix. I think it's important to note January spring is not based in Phoenix, right? That, right. that Not everybody can do that. Not everybody. I'm not suggesting that. Not everybody can do that. But January spring is, is based in Colorado. But team, if you're talking about team client community, let's take the team to- a retreat to get to, to get great as a team and plan as a team before we then go back to work and kill it for our clients at the same yeah, time. You know, that's kind that of that same a, mentality. Right. And that has a massive impact. I mean, we talked about, I talked about that with the owner there. I mean, she, she spends a lot of money every year bringing the entire company over, you know, across the country to go do that kind of thing. But she sees a return on that investment. She sees it happen over and over and over again. And it's just showing that kindness and that humanity and people getting to know each other. And we built time into the schedule where we're going to just sit around the fire pit and just talk. Or we're going to, we went and played mini golf or just those little things. And those are the moments relationships happen. Those are the moments that break down silos. Those are the moments where people feel good about their job and they feel really excited. And by the way, their engagement numbers and their performance with their clients absolutely reflects it. So like you asked about how do you measure that? You measure that through the performance of the company. There's not a kindness metric I'm asking you to create. This, and we're not asking you to sacrifice anything. What we know from being people-centric is that being kind to your employees is profitable. Like that's a good thing to do. Those two things aren't two separate things. It's actually better. You will be more productive, more profitable as a company if you are kind to your employees, which is why I fake it every single day and tell everybody on our team that I love them. <laughs> Well, and I was going to say like, sure, not everyone can, can fly their team on a retreat, right? There's plenty of people listening to this podcast that are like, well, I work in a 900 person, small critical access hospital. Like there's no way I can fly everybody. Right. Or I'm a director. I don't have the budget to go do that, but it costs nothing to schedule time with your, your people and just ask how they're doing. 
It costs nothing to write a thank you note. It costs nothing to say thank you in person and like acknowledge their things. It costs nothing to care. That's kind of the, and there's no policy that says that you can't care, right? Like, so there's so many ways that you can engage your employees by just talking to them, right? Just asking how their life is, genuinely caring how their life is and following up on those things. Um, I know a leader who every check-in that they have, they start it with personal stuff. They're like, don't talk about work for five minutes. What's going on in your life? And then they go into the work conversation after that, but it builds the relationship and they genuinely care and they genuinely want to hear. And then they share about their life, which makes the employee care about them. So some of this stuff is just really cheap and easy to do. And you don't have to put a lot of effort into it. It's just, you don't have to be a robot. Yeah, yeah. If you're asking yourself if you have a responsibility to do these things, I think you're asking yourself the wrong question. I think the question is, does it help? Does it help your team? Not only does it help your team, it helps you. I think one of the coolest things about people-centric over the years, and I've been thinking a little bit, like I, I actually spent some time over the holidays, I was cleaning up old files, looking back, was that what I thought was going to happen with the companies. We're going to build this great company. We're going to make a lot of money. We're going to impact a lot of people on the outside, and that's going to be the reward. But the biggest reward that I found is working with our team. So not only is it motivating for the team, it's motivating for me as a leader. That's how you fight burnout is when you know you're fighting with a great group of people. Even sometimes, even on a day when you're losing the battle, which happens to every single team, at least you look around and you're still saying, yeah, but I'm still in the trenches with my buddies at the end of the day and we can help each other. Not that everybody has to be best friends and all of that kind of stuff, but you just have some kind of a relationship with the people that you work with, which means that you care about each other. Yeah, I despise Matt, but I'll still work really hard for him. So yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's kind of where I want that relationship. Honestly, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just do the things I'm asking you to do. You don't have to like me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be remiss to say, I, I, you know, we, we talked about January spring do, uh, doing that. We also do that. Uh, but again, we're kind of at the site, we you know, at the size where we maybe can do that. But, you know, we, we took the team to Louisville and we took the team to Seattle, which that's a whole nother podcast by itself. But one of those trips was super awesome. And uh, we had a great, we had a, we had a great time, but again, we're able, we're able to do that. Just maybe I think do what you can and maybe ask the honest question. Am I, am I doing the things that I think, you know, that, that we can, am I doing the things that attract the people that I want to attract? Am I doing things that create the community that I'm trying to build? Am I doing things that is, that is creating the culture? None of that stuff just kind of happens. It's all, it's all a little calculated and planned out, right? What type of thing do I want to build? What steps do I need to take to build it? I think is what we're, is what we're also talking about there too. You again, hear me. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but take a look back, take a look back and say, but is, but is that producing the thing that I hope it produces if I don't do that? Um, you know, and everybody's kind of conceding a point, I think in a healthy culture. And I suspect if you do it the right way, you'll be surprised and find out if you didn't think you wanted to do that before you will find out that it's actually very rewarding uh, to throw that out. So well, hope you got something good from today. We were excited about this topic as we are for lots of topics. And we're not running out of topics, folks. We've still got lots and lots more because we get to do this on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not just professional podcasters. We actually work with actual clients, which is why we always have fresh stories and things to share. So anything, any ideas out there that you all have, please bring them out to us. We love to hear from you. But thanks for joining us on this episode of the People-Centric Podcast. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. 
Also feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.